You're listening to the Hammersley Brothers Podcast. If you'd like to get started with three of our best tools, see the link in the show notes. They're free and video training is included. Hello and welcome to the Hammersley Brothers e-commerce podcast. This week, Ian and I dived into average order value because we've recently been finding different methods to find the best ways to increase the average order value. We wanted to share that with you. So without further ado, let's get started. Hello, Ian. How are you? Good afternoon, Mark. I'm okay. How are you? Oh, welcome to a very cold Auckland. I presume you're in the nice summer. Have you actually got a summer in the UK? Because you did seem to have one last time. We had it for an afternoon. Yeah, it was great. It was a beautiful afternoon. (laughs) (laughs) To see that in the UK, you always have like a really early summer in it. Like you have something in like May or something like that. And you think, oh, it's going to be amazing. It's like this. And then. And then it disappears. Yeah. 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 No, it's not been a good summer. It's been wet. It's been really wet. Pretty pretty miserable. I wonder actually. how how like the early summer in the UK affects whether people go away abroad in August or not. Like, because if they have, because humans are terrible at predicting things, and whatever they've had a lot of recently, they expect to ha- get more of. Um, and so if they have a bad, you know, May in terms of like weather, the, I wonder if there's a correlation between more likely to go away in, um, in August. Or the opposite. Well, it was, this, yeah. it was the opposite, wasn't it? it was right. But, you know, it, it does give me great joy when you have bad weather in New Zealand. You know, know. it makes me feel like happy inside. It's good. It's actually sunny now. So, yeah. but, but to be honest, oh, you'll be man. happy to know that it's not, uh, I haven't been in my hammock for gosh at least three months it's too cold <laughs> yeah too cold anyway um, Ian what are we talking about today we're going to talk about average order value and why are we going to talk about average order value? because it's average order value is one of those things that it comes it, it, like we all know what average order value is you know but it, it is it is one of the big, massive pillars of e-commerce that can hugely influence whether or not you're going to grow or not. Um, so the simple equation of e-commerce is traffic times average order value times conversion rate, which gives us our, you know, our revenue. Um, and I think quite often we're obsessed with the first two, which is mm. traffic and conversion rate. And then the third one, it doesn't really get as much attention, you know, but it's just as important as the mm. first two, traffic, conversion, average order value. And it's kind of interesting and, and puzzling about why that is, why it doesn't get as much attention. Um, I mean, even with our own thoughts, even though we know it's like one of the big three, it's like, why don't we talk about it as much? And and I think sometimes what can happen is it becomes a bit like a tick box. Oh, yeah, I've done, I've done my average order value up now. And it's mm. like some little you know, NAF app that people have put on. Going, oh, yeah, I've done my average order value. You mm-hmm. know, and it's like, no, no, you haven't. Not at all. You haven't done it at all. Um, and that, I suppose the reason why we're talking about it this week is because we've just done a big piece of work for a brand in the US that's doing about 
I think probably doing about nine million or something like that. Mm. And they're in a position. They're in, well, they're in a playing field where the they're selling the same thing as everyone else, and that mean and it's the same price as a minimum advertised price a map, and the margin is the same pretty much across all of the competitors. Um, and so they've got average order value to play with as, as one of the differentiators mm. to how they can make more money. So it becomes especially relevant for that type of scenario where you sell the same products as everybody else, it's the same margin as everybody else, the price and the price are the same mm. um, as everybody else. So, you know, that, that therefore you're looking at, well, okay, we've got conversion rate to play with and we've got average order value to play because we can't play with margin. And lifetime customer value to a certain extent will be fairly stubborn as well because it's the same product. And lifetime customer value is mainly determined by the products you sell. So if you're selling contact mm. lenses versus a sofa, guess who's going to have the best lifetime customer value in terms of number of orders? Anyway, just a caveat mm. that. So anyway, the reason why I'm talking about average order value is because we were looking at this particular um, business in the States and we're like, right, how can we aggressively grow this business how can we mm. how can we push them harder and we were looking at some of the businesses that were doing better and we're like what's the difference between the ones that were doing better um and the average order value was mm. an interesting one and that was where we saw and it makes sense you know if i just put it in perspective if if, if everybody's selling something for 200 dollars, it's this one product for 200 dollars, and the margin is exactly the same so you cost let's say it's costing you 100 100 dollars Everyone's selling it for two hundred dollars, um, yet you know. So when you're doing Google shopping and your you know your your Google ads, etc., etc., recruitment, you know, everyone's everyone theoretically has got the same ROAS target. You know, theoretically got the same ROAS target. Mm. All going for the same. Now, if we've got one of the these players who has got a really, really, really good understanding of how to get a better average order value. There, you know, and everyone else is competing for this two hundred dollar sale, and we've got we've got one that's that's going for two hundred and fifty because they've got a really great fifty dollar add on. We're competing for a two hundred and fifty dollar purchase price. Mm-hmm. Yet, so guess who can who can win? Who can who can outbid everyone else in Google Shopping? So it was as simple as that. It was yeah. as simple as that. You know, and, and interestingly, the add on products were often at a much higher margin than the main product as well and mm. um, so that that was that was why we're talking about it and it was like that's the thing that's the main that's the main strategy mm. let's really 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 focus hard on average order value yeah so and, that's why we're talking about it yeah and this in this case i was in the fortunate position that i've actually been asked to work on quite a few of those types of businesses in, in the us so i can compare them very easy and i was like it was so light and day that I could see that this is this you know there was one doing like a three million and one was doing nine million and one was doing sixteen million and it's like well the people that are doing better have a higher average order value and they're sell, all selling the same stuff and it doesn't really make sense if you think about it because they're all selling the same stuff so how do you do it how do you break it down so effectively shall we talk about how how the average order value like because yeah. how it, how, how, it, how it, it divvies up basically yeah we break it yeah break it down break I mean there's two there are two fundamental things or areas you can get your average order value higher. Now, it's not, I, I, well, average, average order value is either made up of a more expensive product. So it's this, it's, it's, it's 
people buying one thing, okay? So if people buying one thing, um, obviously if they're if they're buying something that is more expensive, then the average order value goes up. So if you if you start to list more expensive products, then obviously your average order value goes up. The other the other um, mechanism of average order value is is more items per order. So it's either more expensive products or it's more items per order. Yeah. So that's number of items in the basket, and that and that one. And I'll just say the final thing that that one can either be more items per order. That can either be more of the same product, or it can be different products. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make so, sense? Yeah. So you want to basically understand how 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 your average order value is 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 moving up and down. So let's say you see your average order value going up. You want to know well, is it because people are buying more expensive products? Is it because people are buying more of the same item more than once, or is it because people are buying more of different items? Because you've actually got three different uh, graphs to look at, um, you know, the, the individual product price, the unique items, and then the, the total items in the basket. And if the average order value goes down, which is sometimes we're brought in to, to actually look at that, you actually want to know which one of those is going down or which one's going up, because sometimes you might actually see the average order value going up at the expense of people buying multiple items, which if you think about it in this case, if everybody's, if you know, if you're just selling something more expensive and everybody else is selling something more expensive, you're not necessarily getting a lead on the competition because really you're going to get lead on the competition by selling something else as well with the purchase. So mm -hmm. it, it's kind of breaking it down and understanding how it puts together. And, and there's different strategies to increase each one of those three things you know so to help people add something different to the basket is is you know is what you do you know after someone adds something to the basket the, if someone adds the same item to the basket you know let's say they buy a pair of shorts and they buy another red pair of shorts which is really the same pair of you know shorts it's the same item then do you keep them on the, the product page and it's understanding like, like for, part of the, the the thing we do with average order value a lot is understanding how that buyer buys typically on the yeah. website. How do well, people I, I naturally say, buy? I think, yeah. I think, yeah, I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right to go there before you start jumping in and going like tick box, check box, sweetie page, multiply yeah. stuff. I think actually, I think what you just said there in the end, I was going to come and save you then because I thought, oh my god, it's gonna, you're going to go go down a rabbit hole of of upselling, which you, which I think we will do. But, well, but generally, well, yeah, what what the philosophy is that Mark was just saying is you go with the flow of the river. So you, yeah. you, you know, what what's naturally happening, we tend to try to make that easier. And and I think the the other concept that is really useful to introduce at this stage um, was the was the value tree. Yeah. And you know, and and how that works because, and I, and I say I say actually. The free delivery threshold is quite an interesting one to throw in and how that can influence the average order value too. And it's kind of related to the next two part. And Mark, you've come up with a really nice analogy, haven't you, of working out what to call these, this next two, these things, which we came up with literally four minutes ago. Yeah. You're going to pretend that you wrote years ago. Yeah, exactly. Aren't you? you gave me the name. Can you, can you tell me what it is? Yes. So... So basically, you know, in order to work, we call this a value tree. And a value tree is, 
essentially for the buyer the incentive uh, incentive to kind of buy more. So you know the, the the analogy we've used before is you're standing on one side of a, a of a river. The buyers, the potential buyers, on one side of the river, and they want to get to the other side of the river. And if you put a stepping stone right in the middle of the river, it's too far for them to jump. And so therefore they don't do anything at all. And if you've got the stepping stone is free delivery and it's too far away, they're not going to do it. So we build a value tree to help increase the average order value to have incentives for the buyer to uh, to buy more. Because guess what? Incentives actually impact the buyer. And as Ian mentioned, one of those big incentives is um, is the free delivery threshold. And where you put your free delivery threshold will make a big difference to how people buy in the store. So. The, we call it the uh, the double hump, the double hump uh, value uh, mm. tree method, and the reason we say double hump is because of how we work it out. So the first thing you want to do is you want to use a cohort analysis. Now, if I'm if people don't know what a cohort analysis, so all it is 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 counting how many orders you have in naught to twenty dollars, twenty to forty dollars, sixty to forty to sixty dollars. You know, in in twenty. Um, increments up and then counting how many orders you have, the, the physical quantity of orders you have in each each bracket, in each cohort. And well, that will give you that a, again. Right. So you, you, you start <laughs> you start with basically naught uh, to twenty dollars and then twenty to forty dollars and you work out how many orders you have in each of those um, brackets. Yeah. yeah. And so that will give you a curve of um, of order distribution. So you'll have, it usually looks a little bit like a bell curve, you know, so you'll have a, a certain um, peak, like the one I'm looking at at the moment, you know, 20 to 40 is quite high, uh, 40 to 60 is really high, and then it kind of drops down 68 and it comes down. So that's your first peak, that's your first hump. So we usually take that first hump and say, right, there's a lot of people around that first hump. And so that's where we're gonna put our first incentive. So if the hump finishes at that sixty sixty dollars, then we'd want we'd want an incentive to spend over sixty dollars. Now that could be your free delivery threshold, or it could be another incentive. I'd like to say spend sixty and get a free hat or get something that people actually want. Um, so that's your first hump. The second hump is doing the same, plotting your orders out, you know, between naught and twenty, twenty to forty, and and forty to sixty, up and up and up. Uh, but instead of putting the quantity of the orders, put in the value of the orders, so the revenue of the orders that add up into those brackets. Because what you'll find is, is even though you've got the majority of orders, let's say you've got the majority of orders coming in between 40 and 60, actually the the highest revenue cohort might be you know, 120 to 140, because even though they're less, there's less of those orders because they're worth a lot more. That's actually where the main revenue is. And that's what we call the second hump. The second hump is the, the cohort with the most revenue. And that's where we put the second value tree uh, incentive. So you'd have one incentive at the quantity peak and one incentive at the revenue peak. And so let's say it was 140, you know, and you've already done your, three, uh, your, your free delivery threshold. Then after over 140, we've got to think about what are we going to give them as an incentive to, to, to spend over that amount? Because 
you know, and, and the things you can give them is usually something that's high value to the customer that's, that's, that's low value to you. That, that's what we're looking for. You know, so you'll see mm-hmm. a lot of the time with car parts and things, we've given them a free LED torch or something that looks quite cool or some USB tool or something like that. And, you know, it's worked, it's worked really well. Um, but, the, but effectively what you're trying to do is you're trying to influence the big inflection points in, in your data so that you can actually move those, moving the most people to the right um, and that's how we start. Interesting, interesting what you, yeah, it's interesting what you're saying about stepping stone. That if you're trying to get from one side of the river to the other side of the river, and you've got just one stepping stone in the middle, it's too far, mm. isn't it? And you need to have a stepping stone to get to that to get to that point, and then eventually, you know, get to the next point. And I think that's actually a really nice, clear thing to 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 get people to understand or to explain it. So, so working with a client the other day. An e-commerce brand, and the, and their their um, free delivery threshold was like I think it was about a hundred and fifty pounds, which was quite high anyway. But their average order value was like ninety, mm. and so it's too much of a stretch. Yeah, to go to. I've actually seen from split you testing know? that if we put, you know, those messages where you say spend over a hundred to get free delivery and let's say they've got, yeah. if they've got $20 in a basket and um, you know, you say $20, spend over $80, $80 to get free delivery. It actually reduces the conversion rate. You better not putting that message mm-hmm. on for those people until they get within, you know, 30% of the, of that threshold, because it's like saying it's just basically kind of goes, Oh, I can't be bothered. You know, I'm never going to get there. Yeah, that's ridiculous. You know, well, yeah, exactly. So you give up because it's sort of the, you know, it's it's a, it's a friction. Yeah, and no one tells you that. No one tells you that because you you stick, that. everybody sticks no. an app on and it does it, but it doesn't. I mean, you could do it programmatically quite easily. Say if the average order value is only, yeah. you know, if the basket value is this, don't show this message until it's until it's closer. It's but it, you know, what you're, I mean, a lot of people do this. You'll you'll do the the uh, quantity of orders, and you'll go, oh, most of the orders are between 20 and 40, and our free delivery threshold is over 200. And you're like, well, for the majority of people, you've got no incentive for those to, be, to to buy more. And to be honest, like people buy that there's there's a set mode that people buy. Like if someone's coming on in their mind to buy something for 40 dollars then you're not going to get them to two hundred dollars. It's it's not it's too much of a stretch. But you could probably get them to sixty. You could get them to sixty-five. You know, like it's in yeah. in your mind. Like just imagine you're buying a gift. Like say I'm buying a gift for um you know one of your daughters for example, and I'm I'm thinking in my mind I'm thinking oh I want to spend you know like thirty quid is what I want to spend. Like I'm not going to go and spend a hundred and fifty quid on it. Because in my mind, I've got a, I've got a kind of like a, a set idea of what I want to spend for a gift, and I say thirty pounds because mm. most people want to spend thirty quid for a gift, um, but you're not going to get them to, you're not going to get them over. No, certain it's too much. Well, it's it's like trying to you're going to jump halfway across the river. Yeah, you know, you need to, it's it's just ridiculous. So I I think um, I think that's that's really good, and I think the other thing, well, just going back to the point we said before was you were talking about how you go with the flow of the, the river and how you look at what people are naturally buying together. Yeah. Um, and you go, ooh, because that, that's kind of like a, like, I always think when you're going around a supermarket or a, you know, a, a you know, retail store, I think they are very, very good at merchandising and laying the store out in a way that, that well, helps you find stuff, mm. but it also makes you buy more stuff. 
So the, they're positioning things in on the shelves and down the you know the aisles and the end gondolas to make you go, oh, that's good, I'll have that as well. And you often you know always find, oh, well, you went in for some milk, but you know you come out and you've got all sorts of other stuff, and they're doing that because they know, you know, they know what they're doing. Yeah. Um, and whereas online, you often like you don't we don't do it very well. Um, so. It, 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 we, you wrote something, didn't you, that you pulled off the data from Google Analytics, and, you, and it's essentially finding the categories and products that are bought together. Yeah, and and, and that's going to be annoying when GA4 comes in because you can't actually do it from GA4. You can used to be on GA3, you could you could have the transaction ID and then the products that were bought in those, and you could say, and the transaction ID would be multiplied by each item. So, and you can't get that data from GA4, which is really annoying. You can get it from Shopify, but for people not on Shopify. It's going to be a pain, but what it did was, yeah. is it, it it just looked at, and it's a spreadsheet, just on Excel, and it just looks at, you know, what what people are buying together, and, um, you know, it just looks at two items together, it doesn't look at anything bigger than that. But like, it, it, so many times, I'll go and look at that, and I'll go, oh, everybody's buying that product with that product, and then that product with that product. And then I'll go onto the website and I'll say, yeah. how easy is it to buy that product with that product? And so many times it's not obvious. And almost you have yeah. to fight to, you know, the person to actually buy those together. You have to actually go, really, oh, I've got an app. Yeah. Yeah. I say, also, oh, I've got an app that does that. When Often when you look at these apps that, that do these, these, they're like complete rubbish. Mm. <laughs> you know, it doesn't make any sense. Whenever you point out the, you know, the actual, what the actual customers are actually doing, you know, how you know, the combinations, the most common combinations of, of, you know, multiple products being bought and, you know, together, people, they always, people, clients always go, oh yeah, that makes complete sense. Yeah. yeah, that, that's right. Yeah, that's complete sense. Yeah, well, try, you try and do that on your website. Oh, that, yeah, that's really difficult. Mm. I've got to go out and got to do this. And, and, and what's interesting and sometimes is the easiest thing to do is to get people to buy the same product again. I mean, with men's fashion, that is just the most, you know, God's gift secret. Mm. You're trying to get trying to get your average order value higher for men's fashion. You're selling men's clothing. Men's clothing. Just get them to buy the same products again. Yeah. Like they don't want to buy the matching outfits. They want two navy blue jumpers. Yeah. Like they don't want the belt that goes with it. Just give them another shirt, the same color. That's what they want. Yeah. Um, and so you know, but if you don't look at the data. You don't know that, but I bet if you are selling men's clothing and you look at the data, you go, people realise they buy the same thing, and that and that's why brands like Charles Tirrett did very well. If anybody wants to go and see how a a, a, a multi buy brand works really well, go to Charles Tirrett. It's a UK brand doing about I must be doing about eighty million. I don't maybe they use more. it. They're in the US as well, um, no? and they they're sell, in the US, aren't they? Yeah, they're in the US. Yeah, yeah they're in the US. Yeah, yeah, I think they're all over the place. Um, yeah, and they and they do like you know they, they you go on you go on like a you know a polo shirt, mm. and I'll say oh it's sixty pounds, but there's a multi buy price of thirty five pounds, and in order to unlock the multi buy price, you need to buy um I think it's two, or it's or it's three, and there's there's deals all over the place, but it's very obvious what the multi buy price. I thought it was four shirts. And I think they do also, don't they do four shirts for like one hundred and twenty. Yeah, for the famous yeah. one. Famous one was four shirts for 100, yeah. I think it was yeah. 100, 100 before, and now it's a bit more. But yeah, four shirts for 120. And then it, it's every, every time you add one, it says, oh, you only need to add one more and you'll unlock the multiplier mm. price. And anyway, it's a very good. See, that's a, quite that's a, a very interesting. Site. 
but it's... example of the, the Valley Tree hump because in case of Charles Turret search, we know from selling shirts all over the world that people tend to buy two. That's what they want to buy. Everybody wants to buy two shirts mm. or one shirt. So what they've done is they basically really incentivize people to buy four and people buy four because there's the incentive, there's a value tree there to, to actually buy some. And that's what they're doing is this, that when you land on the site, you are telling people how that how everybody else buys. You're saying everybody who comes to the site, they tend to buy five, uh, four shirts and they tend to buy four shirts because of the special offer. And that's what you should do, too. And people go, oh, OK, I'll buy four shirts. And that's just that's mm. just how it works. What's quite cool is. As well, I mean, obviously, we we do a lot of work around the offer architecture, you know, for the recruitment recruitment offer and the retention. I've always spent a lot of time with those two areas: is the recruitment or what's the recruitment offer, and um, it's interesting how you can use average order value in as part of that. So that that Charles Turret one is a good example because you know you've there got your you know it's the equivalent of really the you know the welcome intro offer, mm. but the offer. Is encouraging people to behave well, you know, because it's giving them a reason to go and spend more. Mm. It isn't just saying, "Oh, here's a here's a forty percent off." It's saying you're going to get a massive deal if you get over this amount. Which I think it's clever. I think it's good, and it's also what people want because you can't do it for sofas. Uh, no. You're going to go and buy two sofas. No. You know, you only want one. They need two, no matter what you can do. But it, 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 you, so you're going with the flow. So the sofa, you wouldn't do it. You do an add-on for the sofa, or you do an upgrade, or you do a, you know, well, you might get a, you know a footstool with it. But it's like it's just obvious. But you have to think about your what your customers are naturally doing, mm. and go with the flow of that. Yeah, you know. So I mean, we call that the make it easier the iceberg technique because if you can see some customers are buying more in a certain way above the surface then probably a lot of customers would want to buy like that if you made it easier for them to do so so like i'm really one of the easiest the easiest upsells to do is to have some kind of checkbox right next to the add to basket button with an impulse added extra no, they, like mm. the, the the most obvious one is gift wrapping for gifts it's like you know you just add into basket and you've got a little checkbox underneath the, the, the add to basket button that says add gift wrapping 5.99 or something like that and you know that's just a little bit of pretty much pure margin for gift i mean i don't know how much gift wrapping costs but i can't imagine it costs much um and then you you again on the basket page when they see the basket page you you have a checkbox there again and maybe even have it able to check it in the in the checkout as well. So basically, you're asking yeah. three times for the upsell. But if you're not in gifts, you know you've got to think about what that kind of impulse, kind of like little add-on is. You know, it's your supersize me thing yeah. that that could be. And the nice thing is, I, it's it's it's. And I think the thing people struggle sometimes is, it's like, oh god, it's got to. I've got to really think carefully about what is that little spontaneous upsell going to be for every product. And they try and think and try and match it. Like, oh, let's if we so in that scenario with the men's tailoring, they might go, oh, let's, let's try and find the matching belt. Mm. And that's a lot of work. Yeah. You know, or take the bedding. You know, you've got to go. Oh, I've got to go and start the you know the matching pillow paste to paste that goes with it. And and it's like, oh my god, that's a nightmare. Do you know what happens? You don't do it because mm. it's a pain. It's complicated. You can't be bought. It's like what? It's way too complicated. And then. You know, um, you've got to go and set it all up. So the best thing to do is come up with something 
that we call like an everybody product. Mm. It's just like literally is, you know, when you go into the supermarket and you see the like, little sweets and the outside. I think it's something that's just an easy no-brainer. Yeah, so a lot of, clo- a lot of clothing of- sites are socks. We always have like, you want to get socks yeah. with your purchase and everybody always wants socks. And they say, yeah, I'll get a pair of socks because they just haven't thought about it. And you can just, you know, you can have one size fits well, all socks. That's what you'd have. Yeah. Yeah, if you're, if you're a men's retailer, you'd go, well, what do people want? Well, they, they buy the same thing again. So they want a, they want a multi-buy deal on that same item. And, and they, want, they want a pair of socks or a pair of cufflinks or they want it like the shirt to be personalized, or, you know, engraved mm. or whatever, mm. you know. And then off you go. You know, that's going to have a massive impact. You know, and everybody's got the same sort of what is the no-brainer upsell? Everyone have everyone's got that mm. something they need to think about, and that should be you're right. It should be a tick box on the outer basket on the product page, and it, it should be a, a, a tick box on the on the basket page itself, and probably something in the checkout, and then probably something as a post-purchase upsell as well. Yeah. And the reason why we say that is because it's like it's like pester power, isn't it? Mm. You know. <laughs> You know, you, you, you kids want an ice cream, and you're like, first, first of all, you see the ice cream van coming, you're like, no bloody way, I am not buying them an ice cream. Yeah, I'm not doing they it. Just had a pizza. Kids, they, you know, they've just kids, had some yeah. garlic bread. How and could they know, possibly eat anything else? You know. And then, and you clock this ice cream van before your kids, and you think, oh god, you try to distract them. Yeah. You know, so they don't see it, and then you know, and then one of them sees it, and they go, oh, it's ice cream. Can we get an ice cream? And you're like, no. You can't. And then the second time, you know, you think, oh, maybe I'm being a bit hard. And then third time, you know, you start to justify why it's, it's you know, it's okay mm. just this once. Anyway, fourth time, you've, yeah, you've, you've done it and you've, you know, you've, you've, so basically pester power. So if you only ask once, but God, I don't need that thing. And then you have to, you ask, yeah, ask, ask multiple times. Why not? Yeah. Nothing to lose. What, one, one <laughs> Which is why you kid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you. ask ask multiple times. And it kind of goes along the lines of what I was going to say next, is that with your overriding kind of like offer architecture, value tree style, you, you want to pick one and you want to make it the real theme of the whole session experience. You don't want to have like multiple different things going on. So if it, let's take Charles Tirrett. For example, when you land on Charles Tirrett, you are told straight away that you're going to buy three shirts. Hang on, buy three shirts or polos for 129. Save up to, to, to save up to 70 pounds. That's pretty much what it says. So y- you see that offer straight away when you land. You see it on the product page. You see it on the basket page. You see it on the checkout. You haven't got multiple different offers coming in and confusing the offer. It's basically like this is the way you buy from us. And you make it really, really clear. So you've got to be careful that you don't overcomplicate the um, the buying experience because part of the first of all, part of the, the the job is to come up with what the offer architecture is and the average order value upsell process is. Second job, if, if not more important, is to communicate it and amplify it because people. It's not the, it's not the buyer's job to work out how complicated our stuff is. We've got to make it like connect the dots. And if you look at Charles Tirrett, for example, it's literally as you add another shirt, there's there's four dots and they're grayed it's out. Everywhere. And as you add yeah. one, they get it gets filled in. It's like you are collecting. Um, and it's on the it's on the product yeah. page next to the add to, add to basket button. It's on the category collection page. It's in the header. It's in the basket. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's a whole whole offer. And do you know what's what's kind of cool? I say one other thing about about average order value, and it kind of comes back to the, you know, our philosophy around doing an offer architecture, and and you know, people worry about not being considered a discounter. Mm. You know, and it's like it's it, people have got to really, really be careful with that that thought. That you know, like someone like Charles Tirrett, fantastic, fantastic brand. Been going for quite a long time. Well, loads. I don't know, 30, 20, 20, 30 years, maybe even longer. And the massive and scaled all over the world with an offer. Yeah. Like if they didn't have the multiply offer, they 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 wouldn't have survived. Well, what's weird? You know, they've grown on the back of an offer. And I'm going to yeah. say one more thing. So one the other thing is, what's the average lifetime customer value in a twelve month period? How many times do they buy in a twelve month period? Who? One point two. Okay, one point two on average is the is the amount of time people buy from an average e-commerce site. So they're only there, they're only coming to your website once a year if you're lucky. Mm. So when they're there, you gotta you gotta go and get as much bloody money off them as you can. Yeah, <laughs> because they're only there once. So why the hell are you trying to be you know coy and not and not and not go for a, you know trying to get a bigger share of the average order value? When they're only coming once a year because you're trying to protect the brand or you're trying to protect the experience. You know I mean, well, yeah. I mean, you know, there are luxury brands. That. What were I you going to say? There are luxury brands that, that don't discount, but they are like the brands that are selling a well, shirt for like £2,000 or $2,000. You know, they're, they're, they're selling yeah. to a different market, and that market is probably. Five percent, well, not even five percent of the population. You know, if you're if you're in the middle of the river where the river runs fast, then you've got to you've got to kind of come to where they are. You've got to come to you know where they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You repeated yourself then. I what? You repeated yourself. Was it good? I can't remember. I, I did have something to you've say. Got to come to where they are. Yeah, I didn't. I had something else to say. Yeah, but it went, just went. Did it yeah, go? I'm getting old. So. This is the way. Yeah, it was been <laughs> yeah. good. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. No, well, I think I think what's our overall overall message? So we started off with the podcast talking about how with this particular business that everybody was selling the same thing, um, and therefore average order value was like like a like a secret weapon if you can if you can outbid the competition because you got a, you got a much higher average order value. But it's not only it's not just for if you're selling other people's stuff. It's like, you know, it's, it's everybody's listening. Anyone who's selling online as an e-commerce business has, has a responsibility to make sure that they um, don't leave any money on the table because it allows them to grow. We're all here because we want to grow. Mm. We all want to grow e-commerce businesses. It makes, you, it so, makes the recruitment you know, like one of the big pillars. It makes recruitment so much harder that if, if you're going up against uh, other people who have an, a higher average order value just because they've got the upsell Swiggy page yeah. and the value dialed in and in, in fact i've seen people that launch shirt businesses without offer architecture like compared to charles turret and they've just died because they just yeah. say oh well people come into our store the physical store and they buy shirts so well we just do the same online it's like no you can't because when they're in the physical store they're coming in they're in your store they've driven all that way and they want to come away with something because they've made the effort online's not the same you know, they, they, they haven't had any effort. They've literally rocked up to Google, clicked on an ad, and, and um, you know, they're, they're away. It's, it's, you know, they'll leave if you've mm. not got anything. So it's, it's having something. Oh, what I was going to say, what I was going to say was about the discounters, like people saying, oh, I don't want to be a discounter and all that kind of stuff. But when, when it's like Charles Turret and it's like a bundle offer, 
there's less of that perception that it's a, that they're constantly discounting, mm. and you can kind of get around it by by doing bundles because bundles, it's less, you know, kind of like pilot high, selling cheap kind of like kind of style. But I mean, it kind of goes along. Yeah. It kind of goes along with our rule, which is be a discounter, but don't look like a discounter. Which is yeah. Which is which is always served. Well, you as well. have a reason. Well, I don't think we've ever said be a discounter. We don't look. I yeah. think we've always said give a reason for people to to act now. Yeah. You know, yeah. You don't want it, you don't want to look like a discounter. No. Um, but I, you know, I think the only thing is you've got you you know with all of these things like average order value, you know, upselling and bundles and deals and recruitment offers. It only works if it's built on value. You know, if 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 you haven't got the trust and credibility there. Mm. And you haven't resolved anxiety, you know, and you haven't got, you know, your job to be done right, and you haven't positioned the brand right. No one gives a bloody damn mm. about your average order value. Like it waste of time. Like they don't, they don't care about whether or not you've got an upsell. They're, not, they're, they're off. They're not even going to buy from you in the first place. Yeah, you've got to get so the, you've got to get the sales coming. You've got to go coming. through the dominoes. You've got to get the sales coming in first. Yeah, you've yeah. got to go, you, you've got to add this on. Yeah, you've got to, you've got to. And this is this is part of your strategy, you know, where you've done all the fundamentals. So you know you. But it's like you know, don't. But but also, having said all that, don't put it to one side. Like I said at the start, it's one of the biggest pillars of e-commerce. It's the, it's three. It's traffic, conversion, average order value. Yeah. You know, so give it, give it, give it some serious thought. Yeah, I I, I always say I always use an analogy of like you know like on the on the on the beach and you 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 um, have a little trough in the sand and you get the water flowing first. So like yeah, the orders coming in first. And once the orders are coming in first and that's working, then you just widen the channel. You 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 widen the channel so you have, that's the average order value, increasing the average order value. But you can't widen the channel until you've got water coming through because it doesn't make sense. So you don't want to work on average order value straight away. You've got to make sure that you're in the yeah. right place, that you've got something that people want to buy. And if you haven't got yeah. that, so if you have a conversion yeah. rate problem, yeah. You know, doing average order value isn't going to fix it. No, and you know that's and another thing is positioning. Just, just thinking of someone else, I'm thinking of at the moment is that obsessing on average order value at the expense of everything else is not is not the win because you could get the average order value, but if if your average order value goes up by fifty percent, but your your conversion rate goes down by forty percent, or you know, like no, sorry, eighty percent or something ridiculous, mm. you're actually you're actually lower. And there's a company that 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 I was, I was talking to you the other day, and he's like, yeah, my average order value is up really good, blah, blah, blah. And he said, yeah, but you've, you're not selling any of the other stuff you used to sell. You're not selling any of the small items which actually bolster your, um, you know, your, your ROAS and actually mm -hmm. give you revenue. And you, the, in the book, which I originally wrote with you, was uh, we talked about average order value robustness because as we increase the conversion rate and as we increase the other metrics on the site, we want the average order value to stay the same or, or get bigger. It has to, everything has to, it's like, you know, as the tide raises, raises everything, you want everything to rise at the same time. You don't want, you don't want one of them to sink because otherwise it, it doesn't work. And, and you can kind of obsess with average order value at the, at the detriment of conversion rate. For example, the, you know, like average order value breaks down into the average price product sold. If you start selling, uh, higher price products, and that's why the average order value goes down. And probably your conversion rate is going to go down because more of the mm. traffic can't afford the big item that you're selling. So it's it's all kind of nuanced together, and you've just got to make sure you're not. It's all linked yeah. together, isn't it? Yeah. 
Yeah. You know what? If you, I, I just think send, send Mark an email and he'll figure it out. Thank you, Ian. That's, you know, he'll just tell you. Just tell you what to do. Yeah. 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 You know, just for fun. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but I, 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 I think first it's just it's about a, digging. Like the first thing I would ever do is, is look at how, how people are buying, um, how, what the behaviour is of people buying it, and see how they want to buy, and then and then just give them the incentive to step one step further, and that's that's all I'm doing. Is it? It's basically it's like, you know, I'm not saying, oi, you're over on that rock. Can you jump over onto that rock over the other side of the mountain? I'm just saying, look, would you just take one more step for us, and then we're done. You know, and that's so much easier for the person to do each yeah. time because they're already there. They're already there, and that's that's what we um, that's what we want them to do. Anyway, there we go. Yeah, thank you very much. Awesome. Thanks, Mark. Yes. I'll speak to you all. See you later. Speak to you later, shall we? Um, yeah. Next week. Cool. Cheerio.